Voice is good. Voice good. Voice good. Voice, voice good. is the voice good? You know you want it loud. 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 loud. You know you want it loud. I can't hear you. What? And you're listening to the to loud. <laughs> you're listening to loudspeaker. Hello all, I'm Amanda Stoffel and you're listening to Loudspeaker. In its over 200 year run, the annual State of the Union address has seen its changes. I mean, for the first hundred years or so, presidents can only speak to people who are in the same room as them. Then, in 1923, Silent Cal Coolidge decided to speak up and become the first president to air his speech over the radio. Harry Truman took to TV in 1947. And Lyndon Johnson topped Harry by making sure he and his predecessors would be shown during primetime hours. In recent years, President Obama has tried to transform the address by giving it some enhancements. One of the enhancements being pictures. In his State of the Union last week, President Obama gave viewers the option to watch his speech with graphics and designs that helped further explain his speaking points. Now, visuals are not a new concept, but since the rise of text, visuals have taken a back seat. Fortunately for doodlers, the digital age has shown just how important visuals can be when communicating. Imagine using social media without the aid of uh, reaction GIFs or emoticon faces. For this episode, Chandler Johnson is going to inform us on how to think visually in our everyday lives. And being that this is a speech about visuals, we want to go old school and make this podcast an interactive read-along episode. The visuals and a script of the speech are posted on our website at speechneverdies.org backslash the bigger picture. Keep your eyes and ears open and enjoy. In 1966, businessman Roland King was sitting in the bar talking about how to improve his regional airline. At one point, King was doodling while he talked. He grabbed a cocktail napkin and drew a triangle and wrote Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. King realized that it was neat, simple, and not at all like the spaghetti of lines that depicted the complicated routes of traditional airlines. And it was from that simple drawing that King created Southwest Airlines. King's napkin technique was doing more than creating a successful business. He was practicing visual thinking. Business consultant Dan Rome is the leading advocate for visual thinking. He defined it at the 2010 South by Southwest Conference as an amazing neurological, biological, cognitive process that allows us to make sense of the world in front of us. It's using pictures to solve a problem. The Spring 2008 Magazine of Management and Applications explains that everyone is born with a talent for visual thinking. The problem is that most of us are never encouraged to develop our intrinsic ability to create pictures. Because we live in a world where the spoken word and text is emphasized, Doodling to tackle tough problems has yet to catch on with most of society. But the March 14, 2008 New Zealand Herald points out that visuals can give you a fantastic way to capture an idea, and sometimes they can change the way you think. And this is why the September 2010 Wired magazine argues that a new language of pictures may be precisely what the world needs to tackle its problems. So pull out your crayons, because today I like to illustrate how visual thinking is helping enhance communication and problem solving. Let's first paint a portrait explaining what makes visual thinking different, next depict how it works, before finally drawing up some implications. First, let's take a look at how visual thinking is different. Visual thinking is not necessarily a new concept. Beginning with cave paintings, human beings have used pictures to communicate. But since the invention of writing and the advent of the printing press, 
As social psychologist Hajin Kim points out on the American Psychological Association website with a June 2010 posting, speech is especially important in Western cultures as a primary means to express and clarify one's thoughts. However, Rome argues in the August 29, 2010 Straight Times that we are much more visual than we are taught to think. Humans learn how to draw before they read and write. Not that reading and writing is not important, but why should we give up on our innate visual abilities? As Professor Joseph Rochecker of the Physiology and Biophysics Department at Georgetown University Medical Center pointed out to Science Daily on October 10, 2010, the visual cortex is one of the largest and most powerful parts of the brain, with about 40 different specialized modules. By comparison, the auditory processing center in the brain has only 20 modules. This is why 75% of the sensory cells in our brain are processing visual information. The point is not to ignore our language-based approach, but to add with it visual thinking so we can take advantage of the way our brain works. As explained by Professors Catherine McLaughlin and Christoph Kurkowski in their 2001 article, Technological Tools for Visual Thinking, people who use this form of processing move through a continuum from visual thinking to visual learning to visual communication, which allows for some really sophisticated visual processing. But you might be thinking, I'm a terrible artist. I can never actually use visual thinking. However, while a picture is worth a thousand words, you don't have to be Picasso to do visual thinking. To explain, let's next take a look at how visual thinking works. As the February 2009 CFO magazine explains, if you can draw basic geometric shapes, lines, arrows, and stick figures, you'll have all the skill you need for visual thinking. In his 2009 book, The Back of the Napkin, Dan Rome provides four basics for visual thinking. Look, see, imagine, and show. You might think the process begins when you first grab the pen. But that's actually the last step. To explain, Rome uses the metaphor of playing poker. First, we look. Once the cards have been dealt, you have to look at them. You're not making any judgments, you're just looking at what's out there. Then we see. Seeing means recognizing the patterns contained within what's ever in front of us. Colors, symbols, letters, numbers, data, faces. Seeing means making sense of the parts of the world that are visible. We recognize the patterns in our cards. Next, we imagine. Imagining means visually pulling out all the things that we do see with all the things that we don't. In our poker game, imagining means using our mind's eye to see which cards might be hiding in the other player's hands and which cards we need to make the winning hand. By helping us see things that aren't there, Imagining tells us how to make our bet. Finally, we show. Unless you're a world-class bluffer, in order to win in poker, you're going to need to show your cards. So finally, drawing enters the picture. And Rome points out, if you look, see, and imagine well, the drawing, the showing, is guaranteed to flow. The visual thinking tools are now being used by leaders at Microsoft, Google, and Stanford University. But perhaps the most famous example is when Rome helped the Obama administration with the health care reform. As Fox Business reported on August 24, 2009, the White House was worried about how to make sense of their 1,447 pages of the bill. Rome was able to explain it in 57 drawings. That's about 25 pages per picture. The September 29, 2009 Business Wire declared Rome's health care napkins as the world's best presentation of 2009. 
However, visual thinking has the potential to do more than help you play poker or pass legislation. And that's why we finally need to take a look at two implications offered by visual thinking, problem solving and education. First, visual thinking offers a flexible approach to problem solving. Talking and writing about a problem is the standard process, and it works, but it has its limitations. As Wired Magazine pointed out, some problems are so complex that words don't work well. Instead, it's easier to see solutions visually. You can think of visual thinking as making the brain bilingual when it comes to problem solving. Take brainstorming. Cornell professors demonstrated in the February 2010 Computer Supported Cooperative Work Journal that when people were allowed to use visual thinking techniques along with the conventional brainstorming, there was a significant increase in ideal production and how people valued those ideas. This is why Boeing has adopted the use of visual thinking. When they were building their 787 jetliner, they knew that one of the problems would be that they were going to be using manufacturing inputs from 15 different countries in as many languages. As the Bucknell University Creative Beyond the Box series reported on October 27, 2010, by using visual thinking, Boeing was able to explain complex problems and arrive at effective solutions despite the language problem. Second, this is why educators are beginning to look at visual thinking. They recognize that most schools don't use visual thinking. As the July 12, 2008 Guardian explains, ask a class of 60-year-olds how many can draw, and every hand goes up. And of course, maybe only two can read. Now ask a class of 16-year-olds the same exact question. All can read, but maybe only three would say that they can draw. This is why advocates argue that if we put more emphasis on visual abilities in the classroom, we could help students understand things that words have trouble explaining. Derek Bruff, an assistant director at the Vanderbilt Center for Teaching, commented with an August 25, 2010 posting on his blog that visuals help students see the forest for the trees. Visual thinking would allow them to create the framework that illustrates basic ideas and principles. The problem is that we start thinking of drawing as art, but visual thinking isn't about art. Instead, as Dr. Temple Grandin pointed out in her February 2010 TED lecture, Using visual thinking in the classroom could help students look at a problem from a different perspective. Today, by understanding what makes visual thinking different, how it works, and appreciating its implication for problem solving and education, you can see why Dan Rome claims, whatever our problems may be, I believe we can solve our problems with pictures. As a speaking activity, we justifiably embrace the power of words. Still, while the pen is mightier than the sword, Thanks to the power of visual thinking, the crayon might get us further. Chandler Johnson performed this speech while at Kansas State University. That's our episode. You're listening to Loudspeaker. I'm Amanda Stoffel. Keep living loud. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. You're so like the lady with a mystic smile Is it only cause you're lonely they have blamed you For that Mona Lisa strangeness in your smile Do you smile to tempt a lover, Mona Lisa? Or is this your way 
to hide a broken heart Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep They just lie there And they die there Are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa Just a cold and lonely, lovely work of art.